This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. On the show today, we're going to be talking about people analytics. Now, what is people analytics and how will it unlock the secrets hidden within the numbers and help you shape your organization and the people within your organization? Well, to talk to us about this is Terence Yong, VP and General Manager of Asia Pacific at Vizier, a leader in people analytics and workforce solutions, which uh, coincidentally, officially celebrated its expansion into Asia Pacific with the opening of a regional headquarters in Singapore, as well as I understand you're launching in Malaysia. So, Terence, welcome to Resource Center and congratulations into your foray into Malaysia. Thank you, Audrey. Thanks for having me uh, on the show. Um, so, maybe a little bit about Vizier. People might be wondering why Vizier. Yes. Uh, the name actually came from. Uh, the past in antiquity, the vizier was the advisor to the pharaoh. Mm. So 3,000, 4,000 years ago, uh, it was to advise the pharaoh on their people. Uh, a lot of companies say that people are their most important asset. So how well do you know your, your people? So I guess fundamentally what people analytics is, is to understand your people and how your people impacts business outcomes. So obviously, I think for the show, uh, tailored to businesses, uh, businesses will want to know, okay, how do they make more money, save more money, mm. right? And that's really what people analytics allows companies to do. Right. Now, uh, I understand that, you know, everything from, okay, talent acquisition, uh, performance management, employee engagement, employee satisfaction, uh, organizational development is impacted by people analytics. Is this accurate? And why does this have so much impact? But you know, by just getting to know your people better. So modern enterprises today already have a lot of systems. Uh, from our account, typically a medium to large size organizations has anything between 10, 15, 20 different systems. So it could be your HR system uh, that's got the directory of all its people. It could be payroll. Uh, it could be employee engagement where they look at the happiness and satisfaction of the employees. It could be training and development. Uh, it could be things like CRM as well. So a lot of companies already has all that data. Mm. The problem we see is that all these data is sitting in its silos. And it's really trying to connect the dots that will help companies uh, and use people analytics to make you know, good business outcomes. I'll give you an example. Mm. Let's say for the last two, three years, people have been talking about employee engagement and happiness. So, okay, are the people happy? Then our question when we speak with CEOs is, so what? It's not just enough for the employees to be happy, but how is their employee happiness impacting productivity? So are there good financial business outcomes? Are you selling more? Are you saving more costs? Are you making your own customers happy? So it's connecting the dots between employee engagement their customer uh, net promoter score, as well as financial performance. So mm -hmm. it's kind of linking different things uh, or different concepts. Uh, one other thing that you mentioned was training and development. A lot of companies spend money on training and development. And the question is, so what? To the CEO, I want to train the people better so that they can perform better, so they can save cost, or they can actually improve their top line. That means you're increasing sales for the organization. 
hence improving the returns to the stakeholders. So that's generally the, the point around people analytics. The third point would be things like skills. Um, you know, there's probably no show that you run today that can't run away from generative AI. Mm. Now, if generative AI is going to be changing the jobs profile, I think the IBM CEO said that they would cut 8,000 people uh, or reduce the number of people that they're hiring because these roles can be automated by technology, AI, or generative AI. So then if you're the CEO, what do you do? Because CEOs will have a three-year business plan that they're presented to their board. This is the way we're going to achieve the, uh, the, the business performance, and this is going to be taken care of by these people. Now, almost up to a third may not be up to the mark because technology can take their place. Mm. So then how do you then change the profile of the organization? How do you then upskill the people that you have? Some of the people that you have might not cut it. And then for the people that you don't have, you need to go out to the market to hire. So it kind of looks across the entire spectrum of running a business. And that's where people analytics comes in. Okay, so is it one solution or is it multiple solutions? And what kind of solutions does people analytics provide? Like how will you know your employees better and how will that kind of knowledge help you shape what your organization uh, will be and do? So Vizier and People Analytics is not a source system in its own. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to use an analogy, we are like a chef that is working with different ingredients and how you put the ingredients together that delivers the outcome to your preference. So if you're doing business across the region, each geography might have a different taste preference. And that's where the analytics comes in, right? So firstly, to understand your business. So let's say retention is an issue that uh, an organization needs to, to deal with. Okay, then you might want to then say, okay, who's at risk of uh, leaving the organization? Why? Is it just pay? That could be what? Mm -hmm. Is it maybe a need for flexible working arrangement? It could be maybe potential for uh, new and diverse opportunities. So it's not just pay. I know pay is, uh, compensation is high up there, but pay is not a loan, right? So it's a combination of different factors. So how do you then uh, diagnose the situation so that companies can then provide tailored solutions? I think gone are the days where you can put a program to say, okay, if we pay people a bit more, then uh, you know they would stay. Mm. Uh, it's different. We've got many different generations within organizations today. And pay is one part, but then it's flexibility. What if you then give people the chance for sabbatical? Because maybe people want to travel, they want to uh, take on higher education, maybe they want to just do something else, right? We don't know. So instead of coming out of a program, you need to address people individually. That means, imagine you've got employee size of 3,000 people. You need to know what these 3,000 people want, mm. right? So that you can actually give them the motivation so that they can, of course, uh, provide uh, higher productivity for the for the organization. So it comes down to to understanding their people and the different use cases. So, for example, um, there's a bank that we are working with, and you know, banks over the last three months have said return to office. Yeah. There's a mandate. The CEO says everybody return to office, and what we hear is that ooh, a lot of people are. Like, oh, I don't want to go back to the office. I've gotten used to this environment where they can work so on and so forth when they want, right? So 
how do we have analytics to decide, okay, if you want to return to the office, when do you return to the office? If you return to the office, who should come back and return to the office at the same time? Because, and I don't know whether you've heard this before, is we want people to come back to the office because, you know, these water cooler conversations create, yep. there's you know, uh, creativity and building engagement and so on. Okay, let's look at the data. Who's coming back and are these people happier when they come back to the office? That's number one. Number two is, are people more productive where they, when they are in the office? We don't know. The mm. hypothesis is that people are actually more productive when they're working from home. And then if they come back to the office, where do we put them? So there's real estate concerns and so on. So we actually have got the data to look at the batch. So each person will have their employee tag, right? So they come into the office. They know who's coming back to the office and when. Now, can we then not intentionally put people together? So we actually analyze traffic like from email, from Slack messages, Zoom, to see who's talking to who and when. Not the content, mm. just the metadata. Mm. Who's talking to who? And we found that sales and marketing will talk to each other very often. Okay, I mean, I Understood. suppose you can make an educated <laughs> guess. But now you have, you have the data to show these are the number of calls that these people are happening. These are the number of Slack messages. These are the number of emails that they're sending. So why don't we put sales and marketing together? They come back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Number two, we found that the uh, customer success as well as development talk to each other. And again, actually, that's quite common sense too because customer success are talking to customers. They get complaints. They also might get suggestions. So if you put them together, you can actually solve the problem faster because they are in the office together as they are doing the calls. They say, hey, I got this call from a customer. They are complaining about this and this and this and this. They talk to their development colleagues and the development says, okay, maybe we can provide a fix. They solve the problem faster. And solving the problem faster helps them to increase satisfaction because that customer yeah. success person is able to say, hey, you know this problem that we, you, you, you told me about? Here it is. I give you a fix within 24, 48 hours. Mm. These guys can come back Thursday and Friday, sit together. Right, because what I also hear is that some people, you know, some, some of them they say you can come back any three days of the week. But if you come back any three days of the week, most people want to come back in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, people don't want to come back Monday and Fridays. And suddenly you've got not enough space on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Mondays and Fridays is just empty. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, but you know, if you can optimize that, then you can actually save space because you actually don't need to uh, have space for hundred percent of your uh, employee size maybe you can you only need say 50% of employee size mm. and so the company says okay I can downgrade from this this square feet of my office to come down but all this using data and analytics nice fascinating stuff Terrence uh, we are going to need to however take a quick break for some messages right now but when we come back we kind of dive deeper into maybe some local market data from here in Malaysia and how local businesses can start adopting people analytics to improve their processes all that and more happening on Resource Centre stay tuned BFM 89.9 First World Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
You are listening to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have Terence Yong, VP and General Manager of Asia Pacific at Vizier, uh, a leader in people analytics and workforce solutions. And we are, of course, talking about people analytics. Now, uh, Terence, before the break, you mentioned some key challenges in talent management. Um, and I think that just goes across the board. Uh, compensation, uh, expectations of salary, flexible working arrangements, um, well, space constraints, you know, in the office, all of these things were mentioned before the break. But um, do you have any uh, key challenges in people management um, in the region, Malaysia specifically, that you could share and how uh, people analytics uh, is helping uh, these organizations with their issues? Yes. Um, so starting in Malaysia, we just signed up with 7-Eleven, a big retail organization in, in Malaysia with 10,000 employees. Uh, and we're going to help them with things like retention, branch manager effectiveness. So uh, essentially, you want to be able to run the organization. But to spread out, I think one of the things with COVID was that uh, you want the setup as well as the running of the organization to be decentralized. Mm. Uh, and therefore, let's say you want the branch manager to be able to make decisions. But then how do you do that? So you need to have all the information distributed across to the, the, the itch. Um, but the important thing is to understand the organization. How many people do you have, right? What is, let's say, uh, the retention uh, within its segments, right? So maybe is it by gender? Is it by age group? Is it by tenure, mm. right? So that you can come up with solutions to, okay, this is the problem area. This is the area that we need to solve. Um, you know, there's also other things like gender pay, uh, I think from a diversity and, and inclusion perspective, you know, how do you equalize the pay between genders? Uh, and, and actually to look at that, you have to also look at promotion rates. Mm -hmm. So again, it is multiple things that we need to connect the dots on. Yeah. Uh, and that means uh, if trying to look at the insights and these insights can only be found when you're looking at, you know, four, five, six different data sets and combining them together. Um, now, you can drive correlations of some things. Now, correlation doesn't mean causation. However, if you have a couple of things is correlated or directly showing the same way, then it is more probable that it is causal, which means that there is a cause and impact which you then can put in some uh, actions towards uh, solving those problems. Mm. Um, so like in Malaysia, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll go one step back. Globally, we have about 25,000 clients uh, and 18 million employees under record, which then means we actually have a very significant sample size for us to look at patterns and trends. Mm. What industry is doing well? Uh, is there a particular insight that we can get from, let's say, diversity or gender in a particular location or by industry, job types, age group, and so on. So I think that helps us to then say, okay, these are best practices that we can introduce into uh, Malaysia and in particular Asia Pacific. Mm. So you provide this data. Um, do you also provide strategy and consultation on how they can address issues as well? Is that part of the package as well? No, so we provide the technology in a subscription way. So it's very easy. It's like you are uh, subscribing to, uh, a, it's a software as a service. Mm. So you subscribe for the service. 
uh, in a three-year or five-year. And then we can work with sometimes that's internal strategy. Most of the time, internal strategy uh, has got a challenge towards execution. Or some of our clients work with large or big four consulting firms that provide them the strategy. But there's a gap between the strategy and the execution. And that's where we kind of come in. Uh, because fundamentally, what we have done is to create a technology with a pre-built template and data model. So what that means is that if you can just put in all the data and we'll come and create uh, the insights uh, that organizations uh, can use, right? So it could be anything from uh, engagement scores. It could be looking at absenteeism. It could be looking at uh, so skills and learning. So all the different uh, use cases around HR we are able to do. Uh, that's one. Then the second one, typically the CEO or CFO will ask us is, okay, how does that link to my top line and bottom line? Yes, of course, yeah. Right, so connecting the dots there and maybe that could be connecting to a finance system uh, or if let's say you're managing a sales organization, then you're looking at, okay, what is the pipeline for this group of salespeople? Mm. Right, is it increasing? So if let's say you were to do a training program, you want to be able to map it and say, okay, once you've done this training program, has the performance increased in the six months since they've done the training to be able to measure the impact? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So um, this sounds like it's beneficial, especially if you have um, a large pool of talent uh, in your organization, you know, anything five figures and above. But is this, is Vizier or People Analytics still applicable to smaller businesses, SMBs, SMEs? Uh, and how would they use them and benefit from People Analytics? Conceptually, it should apply to anybody, whether you are a 10-person organization to 20,000 person. I would say scale issues come in. So, um, you know, a lot of people can still run it on Excel mm. if you are, let's say, a 100-person organization. But then as you grow beyond that size, then certain other things then come in. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. When you have a large organization, you have multiple teams, um, people data is the most sensitive data in any organization. You're talking about their personal data, their salaries, their levels, you know, their performance ratings, and so on and so forth. So, if it's just sitting in an Excel spreadsheet, it's going to be obviously not very secure mm -hmm. uh, and it becomes unwieldy. Uh, in a large organization, like you might want to say, okay, 10,000 employee organization, you've got uh, this line of business, which is 3,000 employees. This other is 4,000 employees. So you will want to then only share the 3,000 employees with the head of team A and then head of team B, you only look at 4,000 employees. So there are more um, security considerations and scale that you, you need to do. Uh, it becomes harder to do when you do that, but conceptually, it's still there. You still want to look at what is the analysis for how people are doing, how they're performing, how does learning and development impact performance, how does employee engagement impact retention. So the conventional wisdom is that people are happy that they don't leave, but not so. The data doesn't like the people still... People are happy, they still leave because mm. maybe if they don't have career progression, then they go, okay, money is good, but don't have career progression. So companies need to 
give people what they want when they want it in that particular phase of life. If the things change, so for example, some, uh, I know in gender diversity, there are, say, women who take time off to want to start a family. So giving them more money during that time is not going to help them. In fact, giving them more flexible time, reducing the money will make them happier. But how do you know, right? You know, you can't now make, you know, you can't stereotype by um, generation. You cannot say, okay, baby boomers like this, Gen X is like this, Gen Y is like this. You're painting an entire cohort of people based on a stereotype. Yeah. But what if I'm Gen X, but I also sometimes behave like a Gen Z? You know, what are those things? How do you then do that? Mm. Right. So with analytics, we can. Um, it used to be that um, it's difficult to do it for the entire organization. Now we actually have the technology because we know of what are the preferences for each person. And if we know that, then shouldn't we do something about it? Right. Now, uh, you mentioned that Vizier is, and I'm about to let you go, okay? So, um, <laughs> you mentioned that Vizier has employee data from 18 million employees. Uh, you are in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and this might be something that I read, you're in 75 countries. Um, what took you so long to come to Malaysia? And, you know, before, <laughs> before I let you go, uh, Terence, like, um, what are the future plans for Vizier in Asia Pacific and in Malaysia specifically? That's a good question. I think uh, two years ago, we did have a successful fundraise. Uh, we raised $125 million for our Series E valuation. Uh, and that allows us to, to expand. Of course, the last three years was also you know, COVID. So that's partially the, the reason for the delay. But you know, better late than never. Um, and I think Asia, you know, home to 4.8 billion people, um, it is, I think, the next 20, 30 years, Asia is where the action is. So you've got lots of people. Uh, we are in people analytics. We can solve a lot of problems. Um, and with the 18 million data records that we have, we can actually then advise people and say, look, if you're in this industry, the, these are the benchmarks of what other people have done successfully. Not theoretically. We can tell them this is what these group of people have done. So I think we would short circuit the situation and move very much uh, quicker in terms of bringing the innovations to our prospects and customers in Asia. Uh, we have about out of the 15, so 15% of the user base are coming from Asia. Uh, and I think even though they are parts of multinational organizations, uh, we are setting up not just the commercial regional headquarters, but we're also setting up our R&D center. And the R&D center is exciting because then we are taking kind of requests from uh, Malaysian prospects and customers and they tell us, hey, Terence, this is a use case that we have. Um, can you do this for us? So it's like building a kitchen here, a test kitchen. For say, look, this is something that you want. We'll look into our menu to see whether we've got something standard. If not, then we might use that standard and then you know, create something new for the taste preference of our Malaysian customers. So it allows us to then, you know, be more agile. We don't have to wait uh, because we don't want to assume that something that's been done in North America as well as in Europe could be applied the same way in Asia because I think there are certain nuances. Uh, We hear from our customers, oh, but Terence, we do it differently here. This process that we have, we do it slightly differently. 
And so in order to try to address these preferences, we are able to do that with our R&D center um, in Singapore and also then provides global support to our clients. Well, better late than never. Uh, welcome to Malaysia. And uh, before I let you go, uh, Terence, um, I, I just wanted to mention that I liked what the head of uh, 7E said uh, when you signed them uh, here in Malaysia. And I think they said that, you know, uh, diving into people analytics, and I'm paraphrasing here, is an opportunity to understand your employees better and that, you know, you know, we should take that opportunity, right? Um, but can you, just before uh, I let you go, maybe talk about, as your parting words, um, why understanding your employees better and using people analytics can help you optimize your workforce and, you know, how you see that helping organizations moving forward? My view on this is that organizations uh, should do the responsible thing because there's a duty of care for the employees to take care of the employees. So understanding, looking at all the data and making data-driven decisions instead of guessing. It also allows companies to be empathetic because it means that the companies understand what are their employees' preference. And, and this is really proven that if employers take care of their employees, then the employees have got this discretionary effort because it's a good environment, they'll put more in and results will would improve from there. So there's a win-win-win for the employer, the employee, and also creating a good positive impact in the communities that these employees live in. Right. Terence, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, for more information on Vizier, is there a website that we can go to? Yes, it's uh, www.vizier.com. Very easy. All right. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. My name is Audrey Raj and I've been speaking with Terence Young, VP and General Manager of Asia Pacific at Vizier. Catch you again next week on Resource Centre, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.